Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Buxton. I am a HR and employment solicitor and director of FTA Law. Uh, We are based in Leeds and we act for dental practice owners, managers and associates in all aspects of buying, selling and running a dental practice. As I said, my specialism is HR and employment and I deal with everything from drafting contracts and self-employed agreements dealing with day-to-day management issues and dealing with employment tribunal disputes. Thank you so much to Practice Plan uh, for organising this um, podcast. We thought it would be a good idea to provide you with an employment update as there have been quite a few updates over the last month or so. Uh, the first um, updates to be aware of is that um, as of the 6th of April, the statutory sick payment has increased to £96.35. and um, Not only has um, statutory sick increased, um, but the payments in respect of statutory maternity, adoption and paternity leave have, have also increased. Um, So just be aware of that Um, if you have got somebody who is currently on sick or maternity leave or they are about to go on um, maternity or uh, paternity leave. Now, one thing that um, you may not be aware of, um, which did come in last year, is the parental bereavement leave. Um, The statutory payment for parental bereavement leave has also increased to £151.97. This was a piece of legislation that was introduced whereby if a a parent um, loses a child, under the age of 18 and um, they can take time off um, by law and be paid that statutory payment for that time off and they can take a maximum of two weeks and the two week period can either be after the child's death or it can be split. So, for example, it may be that the parent would prefer to take a week off um, after the child's died or and uh, take another week on an anniversary, such as the child's birthday. I don't think that that is the limits of bereavement leave. I think there's going to be more um, introduced so that there will be a statutory right to take bereavement leave, um, but we're just waiting to um, hear um, what will actually be brought into um, play. I often get asked what are the um, rights in respect of bereavement leave. Um, the It is limited at the moment to a statutory right for parents only. Um, anything over and above that is down to you and the practice and what you want to provide to parents uh, or anybody else in the practice who has um, had a a death in the family. Um, And um, 
down to the contract so check the contract and um, quite often um, it will say in the contract what uh, bereavement leave um, the practice will provide to an employee um, it's also important to note that there were some changes in respect of national living wage um, and um, what you should be paying, so that was increased as well. A big one, which you do need to be aware of, um, is that they did increase the amount that an employee could be awarded at the employment tribunal um, in compensation for an unfair dismissal claim. This has now been increased to nearly £90,000, um, just short of, and I think that's important because quite often, um, especially if you have a high-grossing associate, if they decide to make an unfair dismissal claim, uh, they can be very close to that amount being awarded to them um, at the employment tribunal. Um, so just be aware that if you are looking to dismiss an employee or a self-employed person, do take advice because that is now an eye-watering amount of compensation that can be awarded. And finally, um, another amount that has been increased is the statutory redundancy pay. Um, in practice, I'm dealing a lot with um, redundancy. Um, a lot of teams are reorganising and are looking at new ways at um, serving um, their patients and seeing their patients. Um, there's lots of moving um, around and there are some practices that have decided, for example, that NHS um, is no longer for them. And in that situation, um, Sometimes the employees will go with the NHS contract if it has been sold, um, but sometimes it means that if you provide, give your NHS contract back, um, that you can be overstaffed and we're left with a situation where we are looking at redundancies. And what they have just done is they've increased the maximum um, weekly amount for statutory redundancy pay to £544. And um, so if you have done any statutory redundancy pay calculations before April, um, you will need to do them again because there will be a, a higher amount um, that is due to an employee. But to ensure that you don't end up in a situation where you have an unfair dismissal claim and you end up with, um, in the employment tribunal, in respect to statutory redundancy pay um, and making people redundant, do take advice um, because um, ultimately it is high risk and um, your legal advisor will be able to work out any statutory return um, redundancy pay that's due. Um, so some of the um, changes that came into uh, force in April, April was such a busy month um, for employment law changes, um, is that the government said that employees who are um, currently shielding, as of the 1st of April, they will be no longer eligible for statutory sick pay. So it was encouraging shielding employees to return to work. Now, depending on your risk assessments um, and um, your standing operating procedures, it may be that if you do have an employee who's high risk, 
um, that you look for alternative work for them or give them the opportunity to work from home or it may be that you have a conversation with them and they would actually prefer to remain at home on unpaid leave and um, so just make sure that you do um, talk to the employee and have a chat about what they would like in respect of um, their role going forward if they have been shielding and um, you've got to remember that some of these employees will be slightly nervous about returning to work um, and um, you should take that into consideration when trying to encourage them back to work it may be in these circumstances that the um, best situation for, for you is to take advice from occupational health advisor as they will be able to tell you um, exactly what is in the best interests of that employee and the practice to work together um, to ensure that everybody's happy um, at work um, and to ensure that there's no dispute going forward. Um, it's also interesting to note that there's been a case whereby uh, an employee um, who refused to wear a face mask, um, and I think this is really relevant for the for the dental team in respect of um, PPE and what you're providing to your team, um, they refused to wear it and the, they were dismissed. And they were dismissed for gross misconduct. Um, by their employer. The employee made a claim to the employment tribunal for unfair dismissal, um, but in that case the judge actually found that the employee had been fairly dismissed and it was gross misconduct because the employer had a duty to ensure that they provided a safe working environment um, for the team and also um, for their clients and um, so it, it it would it was proportionate in those circumstances for the employer to to dismiss that employee um, so the employee in those circumstances lost their case um, please note that they did not have any mitigating circumstances as to why um, they could not wear a face mask so the outcome may have been slightly different if for example they could not wear a face mask for medical reasons so again it comes down to having a good conversation with the employee um, so that they are aware of um, why you want them to wear um, the face mask or the PPE and to try and understand their reasoning for not wanting to wear it um, there are lots of practices out there that are still using furlough, um, more so flexible furlough, um, so that they have employees who are on rotors or are doing part-time um, hours uh, instead of their full-time hours. Um, and that's absolutely viable. It's okay for um, you to be still using furlough if it suits you in your business. Um, what I would say is that um, people are using it, I think, whilst they maybe look at other options and look at reorganising their business so it's part of a bigger plan. Um, and it was announced that furlough would end in September. 
um, at the end of September. Um, and as of July, you will have to start contributing towards um, the 80% payment paid to employees. Uh, so just bear in mind that come July, um, it will start costing if you do have employees using who are still on furlough. And I cannot stress enough that you must keep any paperwork in respect of furlough. Um, so your variation with the employee um, and hours worked because HMRC are setting up a um, investigations team um, in which they are going to look at people who have claimed furlough. Um, one last point, um, which I think um, the dental practice team really need to be aware of um, is that there have been lots of discrimination cases um, where the employee have, have, have they won their case um, for discrimination and harassment because uh, the judge has found that the employer um, has not provided equality and diversity training to the team and if they had um, there's one particular case uh, the judge decided that the training had gone stale and was in need of refreshment and that this should have been picked up by the employer and um, it had been done um, three years ago and the judge said that that wasn't that it wasn't sufficient for a good well-led um, team to have equality and diversity training um, three three years apart. So there's been lots uh, for um, the dental team to take on board and it's really important um, that you do look at your training and what um, training is required going forward. In particular, um, just check if you've ever had a quality and diversity training and if not it should be on your list and you can do that in conjunction with ensuring that your quality and diversity policy is also up to date and um, because that is something else that an employment judge will look at if you ever have a discrimination claim so it's been a big month for changes um, in respect, um, especially in respect of payments and what you have to pay your staff um, should they take any of their uh, statutory leave. Um, so just make sure that if you do your own payroll, um, especially that you are aware of these changes and up to date with them, because the consequences of getting them wrong do mean that you could end up with a claim for an unauthorised deduction from wages, it could be that you fall short of um, paying the uh, national living wage, um, again, which has um, consequences. And also, if, for example, you pay the wrong statutory maternity pay, uh, that could have uh, consequences in respect of discrimination. Um, and discrimination is the type of claim where the judge awards um, unlimited compensation. So it can be extremely costly for you if you don't end, um, keep up to date with these changes. So thank you very much to Practice Plan for organising um, this podcast. Um, if you do need any further information regarding the changes, uh, my email address is sarah.buxton at fta-law.com or you can always ask your Practice Plan representative and I'm sure they'll be happy to put you in touch with me. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>